Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. This is Peter Ravella, co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. It is springtime, Tyler, and that means new beginnings. And uh, this show is all about new things on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. That's right. Uh, bringing two, two yes. new shows on ASPN. Uh, and today's a really special show because we get to learn about the these new shows and yeah. learn about the hosts. Yeah, we're going to meet them. We're going to meet them. You know, it's one of the great things about ASPN. It's a collection of voices and a community of expert uh, perspectives and uh, you know it's a lot of work to bring it together a new show and Tyler I know you've been spending months on the development of these two shows and I'm just thrilled I think these are going to be fantastic additions to the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Well Peter before we get into the show let's take a little bit of time in this introduction to talk about what these shows are so yeah. We have two shows. Let's start, first uh, start off with Going Coastal. Well, Going Coastal, what a great name for a show, right? Uh, the G Going Coastal show is the new podcast of the Students and New Professionals chapter of the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association, ASBPA, one of our uh, partner organizations and favorite organizations that uh, we work with. This is the American Shore and Beach Preservation Association. Yeah. yeah. And, and ASBPA. The, ASBPA, the Students and New Professionals Chapter, is the organization's uh, subsection of, of course, New Pros. And the Going Coastal podcast is the podcast of the New Professionals Chapter. And we've got three people on the line to talk to us about that show who will be rotating hosts of the Going Coastal podcast on ASPN. Uh, first of all is Marissa Torres. She is a research engineer with ERDEC, uh, which is the Engineering Research and Development Center of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And for all the coastal professionals out there, we all know what ERDEC is about. This is the top-level research institute of the Army Corps of Engineers. It's where the real... It's pretty badass. It's the real think tank of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And she's also in the Cold Regions Lab. She's coming to us from New Hampshire. Also badass. Looking forward to meeting Marissa. Also on the line and a co-host of the Going Coastal podcast is John Miller. He is a research assistant professor at the Stevens Institute of Technology in New Jersey. And for coastal professionals around the country, uh, you'll know the Stevens Institute. This is one of the premier coastal engineering and coastal science institutions on the American shoreline. So what a team, Marissa and John. And it just gets better. The third co-host of the, the Going, third leg of the stool. Yes, of the Going Coastal podcast is Heather Wade, who is a coastal policy expert and a senior planner with the Oregon Coastal Management Program, coming uh, to us from our great, uh, the great Pacific Northwest, one of my favorite places where I, where I went to law school. So I'm a big fan. So what a team for the Going Coastal podcast. We're going to hear from all of them. Really looking forward to the to hearing from them, learning about this show, learning about them themselves, how yeah. they how they came uh, to to be here, uh, joining ASPN. Looking forward to that. But also, we have the Rising Sea Voices podcast coming to ASPN, hosted by a familiar uh, yeah. name and voice. Uh, has a friend of the pod, Felicia Almeta Schultz. Uh, 
our former intern, now I guess ASPN University lead, helps us out on all yeah. sorts of stuff. Well, complete pro. And it was only a matter of time before Felicia uh, put the microphone in front of herself and right. started a show. Well, I, you know, when Felicia came on board, she was part of the CNT ASPN team and, uh, and, and for the development of ASPN University, our new channel, which is still being developed. Uh, but under Felicia, construction. Under construction. She is an Oregon Sea Grant Resiliency Fellow. So she is involved with Sea Grant up in the Pacific Northwest, a true professional. One of the great gifts of that have ever come across the table for Coastal News Today and ASPM was her expertise and and outreach in the community. And this Rising Sea Voices podcast, I'm so excited about it because it's all about bringing a new generation of coastal scientists and engineers and professionals, graduates and undergraduates, uh, to the ASPN community, especially underrepresented voices historically such an important component of really understanding the coast is to bring these voices together the rising sea voices podcast by uh, felicia olmeta schult i'm so happy to see and we're going to learn about that it's going to be a great one ladies and gentlemen uh we will get into it go deep on both of these new exciting shows coming soon on aspn but first let's have a quick word from our sponsors the American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering. With 28 offices along the Gulf Coast, the folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numerical modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. Be sure to check out their brand new Coastal Resilience Department, headed up by ASPN's own Peter Ravella. Find them at LJA. Be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter at coastalnewstoday.com for daily updates on the events and news that shape the coastal discussion. Want to support the discussion and promote your company? We have sponsorship packages available now. Email me to learn more at chloe at coastalnewstoday.com. That's C-H-L-O-E at coastalnewstoday.com. Hope to hear from you and enjoy the show. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. And there's four of you on the line on this show. So we're going to do it kind of uh, round robin. And I think we'll start with Felicia. Uh, Felicia, we are so happy that you've uh, agreed to do a podcast on on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. And uh, so thank you, first of all. I want to say thank you because I think it's a big step and an important step. And uh, I wondered if you might take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners, listeners out there and say a little bit about what you hope to accomplish with the Rising Sea Voices podcast. Yeah, it's, it's great to be to be here today. And it's, you know, a uh, little weird to be now on this side of the, let's say of the microphone. And um, yeah, so my name is Felicia Almeta-Scholt. I come from the small island of Corsica. So that's why people will hear but have a, an accent, which is French. And I'm currently working for Oregon Sea Grant, trying to help communities to be um, resilient to coastal hazards. So a lot of outreach, trying to figure out needs of different communities and what kind of projects can come to life that can be helpful to the different communities and partners of Oregon Sea Grant. And also, like you explained, I've been part of the team since I think last September now. So I've seen uh, ASPN University, uh, you know, slowly growing and being part of different interesting discussions, trying to see how we can develop that. And actually, it's having those discussions with different people that realize that 
yeah, those voices are missing, the graduate student voices, and there is not always enough, uh, I'd say, capacity also at the university level to to find time maybe for professors or students to be willing to do that kind of work. That's why I decided, I guess, I have to jump in and uh, give it a shot. And I think it's going to be um, it's going to be really exciting because I like to hear people's stories and especially um, the new generation of scientists and engineers because they are full of great ideas. They're working on new research. And that's what I'm going to try to do, like share their stories from where they're coming from, what they did for the research, what excites them, what were some, you know, unforeseen challenges because we all experience that. And also what are their vision of their, you know, the future world they, they want to see or what should be changed or improved and what they see in their future career as well. What are big questions that we would like to see answered and how they can fit in that vision. So it's going to be, yeah, hopefully really interesting and definitely diverse and inclusive because like you mentioned as well, uh, those voices need to be um, diverse and coming from different backgrounds so we can have better perspective um, of like the whole, like the world and the coast that we're living in. Uh, it cannot be only one vision, one approach to things. Man, is that not the truth? And uh, we are, I think with each passing day becoming increasingly aware of what a soft spot we have as a coastal community here. Uh, and it's something, Felicia, that Peter and I uh, are just so grateful that <clears throat> when you started working with us, you were adamant that we uh, put even more effort, more uh, intention into making sure that we were elevating uh, underserved and underheard voices and um, ladies and gentlemen, that is actually harder than it sounds. And Felicia has just been diligently working, uh, making connections, calling people up all around the American shoreline, community organizations, minority groups in various coastal uh, sectors and, and sub-communities, and introducing herself and uh, opening that door up. And Felicia, just want to say right now on this show that we are just grateful for all of that work. You have really added so much to what we do and it is just so fitting that you are doing this particular show uh, on ASPN and uh, before we move along I want to learn Felicia you are you are Dr. Felicia uh, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your uh, your PhD because it, it's not you're a social scientist right I mean it's all of everything <laughs> <laughs> right uh, but yeah, I, I have a background. So yeah, I've been a little all over the US. I've been moving from coast to coast, basically, because when I left uh, Corsica, left France, I went to Hawaii to get my undergrad in oceanography. Then I went to University of Rhode Island to have my master's in marine affairs. And then went to Washington State University at the Vancouver campus, so near Portland to get my PhD in environmental and natural, natural resource sciences. And because, um, you know, life happened, uh, I couldn't do field work like, like I wanted to. So I couldn't go, for example, like scuba dive, go in marshes, because, yeah, I had to deal with cancer and then disability. But I always loved talking with people and get to know their story. So I was like, hmm, 
why not doing field work, but then it will be talking with people and going and meet people. So that's why my PhD took a different turn and was more focused on social uh, sciences. And what I did for my research, I went to Northern California uh, for a couple of months and talked with commercial fishermen to know their perceptions of marine protected areas and how they've been affected by them. But also I looked more closely at the whole collaborative work between different regional stakeholders on how they wanted to have the marine protected areas created within their um, state waters, how they wanted them to look like and where they wanted them to be. So I looked at this process really carefully because uh, so many different groups were involved um, and they decided to work together and to reach a consensus from their own accord. So it was really interesting research and really interesting to talk to these people. Um, yeah. Such a, such a great back, background, Felicia, uh, for the Rising Sea Voices uh, podcast because of the depth and range of study uh, in your PhD and education experience. You know, the personal co- story. It's a, yes, of course. And then coming from Corsica and understanding the ne- necessity of inclusive perception. Uh, you know, coastal science is an important thing. The coastal space is a very complicated scientific area. It's so dynamic, so many elements to it. But at the end of the day, it is equally complex in human interest and perspective. And what I love about your show is that we'll blend this deep scientific understanding of this space with a commitment to the human element and the voices and the perspective across the board. I think, uh, you know, I just want to thank you, uh, Felicia, when we first met starting back in September and I got to know more and more about who you were and what you do. I just had it in my heart that one of these days, Felicia's going to be uh, uh, hosting a show on this network, and I'm just <laughs> so happy that it's finally coming true. So thank you so much. Oh, um, my pleasure. Even if I will say I'm still, you know, slightly terrified, <laughs> but... Everything right. is okay. Everybody gets to go through <laughs> spring training. That's what I call it. There isn't a host on the American Trolling Podcast Network that had ever done a radio show or anything with podcasting. So we all had to go through the learning Including process. us. You Including know. us. So, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to do it right. Uh, but there is a learning curve. Uh, and then we have the Going Coastal Podcast. And, and I got to say, Tyler, this combination, I love this combination and what you guys came up with. This is the show of the Students and New Professionals chapter, as we said, of ASBPA, but three hosts, right? Rotating allows for co-hosting and different perspectives. It really is a great idea. Lightens the load a little Lightens bit. the load, broadens this perspective. And what a team with Marissa and John Miller and Heather Wade, um, you know, what a, what a great setup. So I'm going to start with Heather Wade, uh, the policy excerpt from Oregon Sea Grants. So, Heather, what made this uh, idea interesting to you? And what do you hope to do with the Going Coastal podcast? Sure. So um, when I first heard about this podcast and, and you know, the call for uh people who were interested, um, I got really excited because I felt like this was an opportunity to give back to a group that I have been uh, a part of and and following, um, you know, for some time now. 
uh, I guess a decade. <laughs> um, I've been part of ASBPA since 2011 and then uh, joined uh, SNP shortly after that when I um, went back to school. And um, so, you know, it, it really did a lot for me and, you know, in terms of networking and professional development and just having a community where I didn't feel so siloed as a coastal professional and also as a student who focused on, um, you know, the coastal things. Um, and so, so I'm, I just am really excited to be able to give back to uh, those that are both part of SNP who want to continue to, um, you know, learn and, and uh, get, uh, go further in, in their careers, but then also for maybe people who are just interested and don't know much about the, you know, coastal profession and, and maybe, you know, get some more people involved in, in coming down this career path. And, and yeah, so, you know, hopefully, you know, just really giving back and, and getting more people thinking about um, the importance of the coast and, and maybe increasing our, our small field. Well, uh, I have no doubt that between the three of you, uh, there will be plenty of opportunity here to tell the story uh, of what's going on across the field and uh introduce new students and new professionals voices into the ASPN chorus and we are thrilled uh, to provide that platform um, Heather before we move on uh, can we learn a little bit more of, you have an interesting background as well uh, can we can you just walk us through a little bit your your education and professional history on the coast Sure. Yeah. So my background, um, my educational background started in environmental science. Um, and then from there, I went into land use and environmental planning um, after a series of, of uh cynicism and, and depression from learning about climate change and hazards and feeling hopeless about what we would do about the environment, um, decided that land use planning and environmental planning seemed like a pretty pragmatic um, approach to uh, dealing with uh, natural resources and, and trying to uh, conserve and um, uh, more appropriately use natural resources. So I went into land use and environmental planning, got my master's there, and then went into practice, uh, became a uh, professional coastal planner. Uh, my first job was with Texas Sea Grant um, and have basically been doing coastal planning ever since then. Uh, and have been kind of going back and forth between Oregon and Texas for my career, um, both between uh, the, the coastal management uh, program and the Sea Grant program, the, the two, you know, uh, coastal, NOAA coastal uh, uh, programs that I love very, very much. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's been really great. And uh uh, just a you know shout out to what I do now. I, I get to make policy and and perform federal consistency reviews and and uh, provide technical assistance to local coastal communities and and I and just you know I, I'm thrilled to do it and and happy to to keep 
providing that assistance and hopefully continuing to create good policy into the future as we continue to see crazy changes on the coast. Well, Heather, you're leaving a little piece out, which is that you're currently uh, working on your PhD. Ah, and, that's right. and and what's interesting about just as a quick aside, because I, I want to ask you about your what you're working on now and kind of where you're going, because the student and new professional chapter is a is a profession. You know, this is the one ASBPA chapter, Peter, that is not geographically yeah. defined. Uh, and students and new professionals, there's kind of a, a track alignment networking theme, I imagine, associated with this chapter. And Heather, I think it would be of benefit for our audience to learn a little bit about how members could access you. And so, you know, talk a little bit about how you're getting your PhD and, and where, where does that take you a little bit in your in your broad career vision? Yeah, so... Um and, and that is an interesting thing because I, I am a, a practicing professional, you know, um, a, a planning practitioner. Nuts and is, bolts is what, there. Yeah, is what we call it. And um, but but I did decide to go uh, into um, academia to get my PhD. And what I will do with that is still kind of up in the air. Hopefully, I graduate this fall of 2021. I'm super stoked about that. Um, but uh, so that potentially turns into a transition, whether I stay with state government or um, go back to university and, and just uh, do, you know, research and, and teaching, you know, remains to be seen. Um, but that's been a really cool thing for me and especially something I'm hoping to, to bring um, continue to bring to SNP is this idea that, you know, you can be a professional or you can be a student and you can kind of transition between those things. Um, you can be young, you can be old and, you know, really we're, we're all able to learn from each other. Um, and what's really cool is that I, since I really started as a practitioner and then went into school, I'm, I'm actually seeing that, being a practitioner has actually really, really helped me in my PhD program. And I often will realize, wow, I am seeing exactly what I'm, you know, what I've learned or what my research is actually about. I'm like actually seeing in the real world and what I experience every day. Yeah. So it's really pretty fascinating. It, it, it is. And I think uh, one of the great things about ASPN uh, on the network is the range of not only expertise, uh, but uh, age difference and career professional differences among the hosts of the shows across the network. This Going Coastal podcast with with a group of young professionals and and you know look we're y'all are not kids here these are y'all are all at phd level serious people but y'all are going to be running the world when it comes to coastal policy in the next 25 years this is the emerging generation and the going postal podcast as a show i think bringing along that community of new professionals i think is so important and uh I just want to say a couple of things, Heather, about the personal story that you laid out. Um, number one, I think it's easy to overlook sort of the emotional crisis that comes with being 
a, a, a scientist and a professional who takes seriously the challenges on the American shoreline. And when you get when you're open to the seriousness of climate change and the implications uh, for the natural environment and for the human environment, it is a it is a challenge emotionally to deal with. And I think that's true across the board from every from the newest professionals all the way up to the top of the heap. Uh, and I think, you know, becoming active, becoming organized and, and, and contending with it is not easy. And I just want to acknowledge that. I think it's a real thing. Uh, and I don't think you're alone in, in, in suffering through where, what we have done to the planet and what we're going to have to dig ourselves out of. Um, the other thing I want to mention is, and I think uh, because I come from coastal management planning, and you said that you're part of the consistency review team for the state of Oregon, the most important consistency review issue in the country in the last 10 years is the Jordan Cove federal consistency review process in the state of Oregon related to the development of a new liquefied natural gas terminal in Coos Bay. And I just got to say, you know, this is the hard work of, of the profession. This is where the rubber meets the road and your expertise on the Going Postal podcast is going to be unbelievably cool to hear. Um, now, Marissa Torres, who's with Erdic, uh, you know, and I hear so much about Erdic, and every time I, anybody talks to me about Erdic, it's always in glowing terms about the significance of this uh, research center that the Army Corps of Engineers runs. Uh, so, Marissa, please introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell us a little bit about your professional background. Sure. Thanks, Peter. Now, I don't want to get your hopes up. <laughs> you know, I'm just at the Cold Regions Lab. I've been here for four years. I don't have all the glowing things. Uh, See, this you know, is now you're being, no, she's she's being modest. No, no, no. No. Hold on, pause. Yeah, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to do the. No, you were being graciously modest. But hold on a second. I mean, yeah, this is on. the well, thing. I, I mean, appreciate it. It's so hard. It's so hard. You know, it's I, a big organization. It is indeed. You know, I just we have do this. A lot of cool things. I just have this visual of. Um, that drab uh, World War II era army color. It's like brown. Yeah. And if they're like, We're Marissa, we need, to, we need to do some tie-dye in uh, Erdic. So... We're going to break this down. Erdic is badass. You guys are, are a part of some of the, Peter, some of the most cutting Leading edge, edge research. Uh, cut research. Mm -hmm. um, Can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in your four years, you've seen a lot. Sorry to interrupt, but we just had to set the yeah, record straight here. Yeah, come on. You're <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. You mm -hmm. know I know you're part of the team. I, I think we got to set those first. Well, know? here's okay. Let me just, well, just Tyler and I know this because we like to watch a lot of sports, but you know, when you get like a new star and you're on a great team, right? When they do the interview, what does the young guy always say? What does the young one player they say, just glad to be part of the team. You know, I'm just here to do my Absolutely. role. That's the feeling, but you're, you're on one of the best teams in coastal science and engineering when you're on the Erdic team so I just want to I'll I'll, sure. I'll, 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 you, I'll we're proud to have yeah, you yeah we're proud to oh, have thanks, you thanks, yeah thanks we're proud to have you um, yeah so I'm Marissa Torres um, I have been with the Cold Regions Lab part of the Erdic for about four years four years in August um, I'm officially a research engineer but my background is in ocean engineering also from the University of Rhode Island shout out to Felicia 
Um, I focused on coastal flooding and storm surge modeling for my master's thesis, and I kind of continued that trend when I moved up to the Cold Regions Lab. Um, I do work with a lot of the folks down at the Coastal and Hydraulics Lab and headquarters in Vicksburg, and that's where I get to continue working on the coastal processes. I do a lot of tidal modeling and a lot of wave modeling as well. You'll always find me behind the computer, either programming or running simulations on the high performance computing center or high performance computing machines. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> so do you hold on a second? Can I just ask a question? When you're up there in the cold uh the cold regions, regions laboratory. Lab. Yeah, I want to know about the cold regions. Yeah. So lab. first of all, what is that? Yeah. Okay. What? That's a great question. It's kind what of a that? jack of all trades, right? So, uh, so the Erdic has seven research labs. Uh, five, four of them are located in Vicksburg, and there are three remote locations. So the four in Vicksburg are the Coastal Hydraulics Laboratory that does all things water. It's responsible for all research related to inland and coastal waters, among other things. Um, there's the Information and Technology Laboratory, the Environmental Laboratory, and the Geotechnical and Structures Laboratory, and that's all in Vicksburg. Um, in our sister laboratories that are remote are the Geospatial Research Laboratory in Virginia. There is the um, Construction Engineering Research Laboratory in Oklahoma, uh, Champaign, Illinois. Ah, yeah, off of a uh, near Champaign Urbana campus. Mm -hmm. And then there's Krell Cold Regions Research and Engineering Laboratory in Hanover, New Hampshire, uh, near Dartmouth College. And so, in each lab, you can kind of glimpse from their lab name what they specialize in. Now at Krell, um, all of the people who work there, I think we're between. I think we're up to 200 people now um, wow. trying to grow some more. So a relatively small, but still pretty strong presence up here. Um, all of the people who work here specialize in all different things. We're kind of take all of the labs from, from the Erdic and try to solve all of the problems that they're solving in the cold, in extreme um weather environments and extreme climates and austere environments. Hmm. Uh, we do a lot of military engineering type work, but we do do some civil works type work as well. Um, kind of, we're kind of everywhere. Um, yeah. Well, I'm hoping, I'm, I, I don't know, Marissa, in terms of what you and John and Heather will be doing in terms of the programming of your show at this point, but I am fascinated by the transition that's happening in the Arctic the opening of the sea lanes there, the national security interests of the United States there, but th there's so much involved. And I'm, boy, I'm hoping that somewhere down the line, you guys do a show or two about what's going on in the Arctic uh, region. Uh, I don't know if that's in the cards, but if I'm putting something on the wish list, I'll put that on there. <laughs> I'll make note of it. And the, the other thing I want to say, Tyler, is about our favorite Erdic uh, professional that we've ever had on the American Shoreline podcast, Joan Pope, Dr. Joan Pope. Who's the spent, legend. The legendary Dr. Joan Pope, who spent 27 years at Erdic and was one of the lead research scientists for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and a big uh, player in ASBPA. Uh, this legacy of women leadership in technical research roles at Erdic, I think is so cool. And, and this is a continuation in the next generation of professionals uh, that I can't wait to hear about on the Going Coastal podcast that you guys are going to do. Me too. 
Yeah, so the last uh, uh, host, co-host of the Going Coastal podcast, John Miller, again, research assistant professor at the Stevens Institute of Technology. John, tell us about what brought you to, uh, what what made you interested in, in, in co-hosting the Going Coastal podcast, and tell us about your professional background at Stevens and before. Sure. Um you know, one of the things, you know, the, 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 the name of the show going coastal is obviously a, a play on word and you can interpret it many different ways. And one of the ways that I think about it is, you know, when I was beginning to get into the profession of coastal engineering, I, you know, I questioned myself many times and I thought, am I, am I nuts? Am I, am I, am, am I crazy for even thinking that I can make a career in, in studying beaches and coastal erosion? Is, is there something there for me? And, you know, fortunately, and, you know, I had many voices kind of trying to steer me in a different direction that, you know, I was able to kind of persevere through that and kind of, you know, focus myself on my own interests and, and, and follow the path that my, my heart truly desired. Um, and that led me in, into coastal engineering. And, you know, as I've progressed now, I think I'm, I'm the, the oldest of the, the, the hosts of the Going Coastal uh, podcast and, and most experienced. And, you know, now as a professor, I kind of get to see young students and, and, and see them at the, the beginning of their career. And I recognize, I mean, I love my job. I think, you know, I think what I do is, is, is amazing. It's, it's, a, it's just a rewarding career. And I would encourage, you know, anybody who has even the slightest bit of desire to like inquire more about it and to try to get into it. But I also realize that it's, you know, there's uh, a lack of, I guess, awareness about something like coastal engineering. In, in my case, the only reason that I knew that coastal engineering existed as a career was that when I was in high school, um, I was in high school when the the perfect storm, I know some of you may have heard of it and some of the younger folks may not have, uh, but that was a major storm, major nor'easter, impacted the Jersey shoreline and, you know, had impacts very similar to Hurricane Sandy. And I remember sitting at home watching on television and there was there was a professor from Stevens actually that was being interviewed about coastal erosion and the impacts of these storms and um, and and I was just I was fascinated I said this is this is great this is exactly what I want to do um, again that was really the thing that kind of introduced me to this as a career path and but that was sort of a chance occurrence it was just you know I just happened to have the TV on at the right time and and and, and catch this and so you know. I got involved with the student and young professional group previously and now the, the, the chapter um, really as a way to try to, you know, just try to find more ways to get, you know, young students involved to understand that there's there's really rewarding career paths um, in this coastal science, coastal engineering, coastal planning field. Um, and I thought, you know, this is the this is, the, this is kind of the best way to do it. Um, you know, as, as for how I actually got involved or, or my career path that led me to kind of where I am, um, you know, after seeing that, that, that news story and seeing the professor from Stevens, I, you know, I actually ended up going to Stevens, got my undergrad degree in actually civil engineering. And again, at that point, it was directed and you know, pushed in all different directions, not, not coastal engineering, uh, but, you know, decided to pursue my heart and you know, ended up uh, going to the University of Florida to pursue a, a master's and PhD in, in coastal engineering. I, you know, had, you know, an amazing privilege to work with uh, Bob Dean, who is, you know, it's just the most, uh, yeah. you know, most amazing individual. I mean, it's just, you know, looking back on it, realize how truly blessed I was to have another legend, another work. legend in the coastal profession, Bob Dean. Yep. 
you know, yeah, he's, he was, he definitely was. And yeah, I, I always tell the joke that, you know, there, there's two ways to look at it. I think I was, I was his last PhD student. So, you know, I say, depending oh, on your wow. perspective, he either, he either saved his best for last or <laughs> after me, he couldn't take it anymore. And he just had to retire from PhD students. I was, they couldn't do it anymore. Wow. So, well, that's cool. I don't know. Well, it gives you, you know, that's a legacy to continue being his last PhD student to one of the most amazing uh, coastal researchers uh, in the profession. Uh, what, a, what a great legacy to continue, uh, John. So that's that's fantastic. Um, what I love about uh, the, the, the combination of Rising Sea Voices with Felicia and this uh, three-part hosted show going coastal Tyler this is the this is the next generation of professionals that we're bringing on to the network and I think it's really cool that these shows are coming well, together Peter and I have a little sneak peek preview uh, I have I've, I have the advantage on you Peter in that I produced uh, episode the recording of episode one uh, which uh, Marissa John and Heather have already completed and I can tell you, I learned something about John that you're going to find very interesting. And uh, John has, I, not quite now at the time of this recording, but soon John will have two teenagers. Okay. And I can relate to that. And John coaches basketball. Does he really? He does. And you're a big basketball fan. Well, I do. And I believe that there's a coastal vibe in the sport. I would like... Uh, Felicia, if you wouldn't mind, I mean, we, we, we talked briefly about the, uh, the show, the Rising Sea Voices show, uh, which is committed to including uh, diverse voices and perspectives. It's also geared toward uh, professionals and undergraduate and graduate students, which I think is particularly compelling and interesting. I want to hear what the new scientists and engineers who are going to be influencing this profession in the next 10 years are thinking about these days. So I'm fascinated by your show. What what do you hope to hear in this community of voices that you're going to be bringing forward on ASPM? I think what I would like to hear, it's also who, what inspired them, for example, to, to get in that field of studies, uh, their personal story, because it's never linear. So that just the, you, you know, the personal side of things really interest me. So we can learn from that because we cannot expect that people who came into this research or even, you know, any of us, we decided to go to grad school. It's not a linear path. We've been influenced by other role models or something we've seen on TV or, you know, life events. So just that would be interesting to see because sometimes people think that, oh, grad school is not for me or this field is not for me. So it would be cool to to hear about that, but also just to hear about the research because what what would be really interesting is to also put more visibility on what these young minds, I mean young, I don't want to say I don't want to discriminate against age because you have graduate students of all ages. Um, but what for their research, um, where they at now, what they're studying, what they found. And they all basically building their work on what others have been doing as well. So they have to be really creative and also address, um, you know, gaps that needs to be addressed, uh, answer new questions. And I think that is really exciting. And also research in the academic world, let's say, is often limited to conferences, academic, you know, journals, peer-reviewed journals, um, you know, on campus. So that would be really cool to hear what is happening there 
but also after to from a new professionals, early career professionals point of view, I think it would be interesting to see to understand like why they decided to go this path as well. Um, if they stayed in academia or not, like the reason why, there is no shame, <laughs> you know, to choose a certain path. And also I think it's something that needs to be emphasized as well. And also um, see what really excites them, like what what they're good at, what, you know, excites them in their research and what they think are the next, you know, challenges to be solved uh, and what is coming next. So that would be really interesting to hear um, their story from like, you know, the human side, the research side, and also how this work can have application, you know, in our everyday life and what they hope to, to make changes in this world to make it better. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, this is going to enrich the whole ASPN ecosystem, Peter, having the Rise and Sea Voices show on board, yes. hosted by Felicia. Uh, Felicia, that sounds so great. Heather, I kind of want to ask you the same question. Uh, what What are you looking forward to exploring uh, on the Going Coastal podcast? Yeah, so um, one of the things that I'm excited to explore with this podcast is um, kind of bringing in uh, – maybe more of an emphasis on the planning and policy side. Um, Marissa and John can probably both tell you that I picked on them a little bit in our, our prior meetings because they they do both um, focus on engineering and there's always this kind of fun, you know, I guess uh, rivalry between engineers and planners um and so (laughs) that that was something i was really excited to to be able to bring to this group of hosts which was that that policy and planning side of things and so um that's for me something that i'm really excited about now obviously we have so much more to to provide outside of just policy and planning um you know we've talked about uh, you know, the different themes that we'd like to cover. So, you know, highlighting student research, um, uh, you know, talking about making the transitions from practicing to academia and vice versa, coastal engineering, professional development, upcoming events, career paths, um, and then, you know, those hot topics um, in the coastal profession and, you know, the things that, that people want to talk about. So, um, but I, I am, you know, the selfish part of me is, is excited to bring in that, that policy and planning perspective. Well, I, you know, I, it's all about balance. And I think the hard science of Erdic and uh, in John's role at Stevens Institute of Technology and Engineering balance with uh, Felicia, your show on rising sea voices and planning, like we've got to hear these perspectives. Um, the coastal, the challenges along the coast are not reducible to mathematics. Uh, so much of what we have to get good at is how to work together as human beings and as communities and as uh, diverse interests along the American shoreline. So I'm a huge fan of the notion of policy and planning being side by side with research, science and engineering. That combination is the secret to success, in my opinion. I do want to ask, and, and uh, 
Marissa, I'd like to start with you on this, but I'd really like everybody to take a shot at this question. And it has to do with the fact that as coming into the profession in the last decade, uh, as the implications of climate change have become more and more apparent, uh, it really goes to this question that I think Heather mentioned, the challenge of of the hole we seem to have dug ourselves into is real, if spe- especially if you're uh, engaged in the profession of addressing it, either from an engineering or policy or technical standpoint. I want to know if you guys are optimistic or pessimistic about our capacity to respond. Can we figure out a better way to behave as a human community and, and maybe come up with some innovative ways to, to uh address coastal issues. Uh, Marissa, are you optimistic about the future? How are you feeling about it? What does it look like from your perspective from Erdic? Personally and professionally, I have different responses. This is a pretty loaded question. It um, is, yes. I would like to be optimistic. Um, however, I consider myself more of a realist, which is just a nice way of, 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 you know, wrapping pessimism in an optimistic blanket um, to an extent. So I would really love to see people come together having a a common goal. Um, There are just a lot of competing interests professionally and personally that, um, that we would have to overcome and the conversations around it need to change um, in the most delicate way that I can phrase this response. Um, And I just, you know, I'd like to see science be listened to and, and communicated properly and accepted and wanted um, by everybody. I think, you know, this is a whole citizen, this is a whole human species effort uh, if we're going to see real change anytime soon. Um, see, here's the thing, Marissa, I'm the optimist, yeah. so I'm going to be like, what a great platform you have to talk about all that stuff. Right, this is, oh, yeah. uh, you know, this is the beginning of that change. I had the same feeling. I think I agree with everything you just said. I, I think we're going to have to communicate and, and, and connect differently as interest and competing interests along the American shoreline. Uh, the centrality of truth, uh, which I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a rationalist. I believe in science and understanding, and I think we have to give it the respect it deserves. And this is why Going Coastal is such an important show. Here we have three truth tellers, three expert professionals engaged in engineering and science and policy who can talk about that and confront the challenges, uh, Marissa, that you outlined, because I I think you're 100% right. And this is going to be hard work, and it's going to take change. Um, John, what about you? I mean, the challenge that Marissa lays out is, is, I think, pretty stark. Are you optimistic that we can, as a, a community, and I'll just say as an American community, do a better job of managing what the hell's in front of us on the coast and the challenges we've got coming up? I, I definitely tend to be an optimist. And I think, you know, my point of view is that, you know, crisis tends to spur innovation um, and just creative thinking about ways to respond to problems. And, you know, in, in a, you know, the, 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 the challenge of 
climate change is this is something that's been created over hundreds of years and it's a problem we're going to be asked to solve in a much shorter period of time and that being said it's a it's, it is a big challenge um but, but i mean i look at things like even just in a microcosm you know where we are today versus where we were 18 months ago 18 months ago who knew about working telecommuting working remotely zoom meetings and all that kind of stuff right there's this major challenge you know, created by COVID and we've all figured out kind of new ways to do things. I know the way that I teach classes has changed forever uh, based off of kind of what's, what's happening now. I, I, you know, there were, you know, there, you know, the, the opportunity that was created was sort of the initiative to kind of kick me in the ass a bit and say, Hey, you know, can you teach better? Is there a better way to do things? And I've, I've created new methodologies and new things that I'm going to be implementing moving forward. And I think for the long run, you know, as we come out of this, you know, do things better. So I think, you know, there's a big challenge in front of us. And, you know, when, when things really start to hit the fan, um, you know, I think that's, you know, when we tend to kick into gear, you know, as individuals and as a society. And, you know, the last thing is, you know, I do think that, you know, this show, our show is sort of a, you know, a, a good mixture of this policy and engineering. And I think that's sort of, again, is, is sort of a, a microcosm of kind of what it takes to, you know, you know, advance and move forward is that we, we need to, you know, talk together and make sure that we've got all the right people working together. And I think in my career, where it was when I started versus where it is now, you know, everything used to be much more siloed. And now we're working together, you know, much more regularly um, and much more effectively. And I think that's really the challenge. That's a key to overcoming this challenge is as we move forward to bring in all those aspects, the social aspects, the engineering aspects, the policy aspects, right? That all has to come to economics. All of that has to come together. And, you know, we're moving in that direction probably slower than we need to be. But I do think that I'm optimistic that, you know, as a society, we will get there. It certainly seems to be happening. Um, and Peter, I'm loving this question thread. I think I think we're just going to need to ride this yeah. into the sunset. Um, Felicia, I, I'm going, I'm f- shifting back over to the Rising Sea Voices pod. But uh, speaking of optimistic, you know, this past year, it seems like America went through a bit of a racial awakening. It has been compared to the 60s, for example. And um, I do think that this is overall a very positive thing in the coastal community. Um, And uh, it certainly has percolated its way into uh, our discussions on ASPN and Felicia uh, bringing uh, forgotten voices, voices in the shadows to the fore is your mission here uh, with your show. But um, are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling uh, like these, these? Ad- I'm going to say that we've made a little progress maybe in the past year. Or do you feel that way? And, and how, how, how do you feel generally? Are, are you optimistic? I'll say I'm, feel, I'm feeling more optimistic. <laughs> like very sad. I feel like sometimes I'm more like a realist, realist person and having um, always let's say cautious for analyze things and don't get too enthusiastic right away and like, oh, everything will be fine. But definitely with what is has been happening over the the past, I don't know, four years, I feel like I've been going through um, a roller coaster of emotions, let's say. Um, and 
I think there is hope right now in like trying to, you know, the way maybe science, I mean, there is a lot of work to do. I feel like right now there is definitely motivation to do a will to do more work that tend to be more inclusive, more work on like science communication related to, you know, how to explain things like definitely, for example, on at academic level, there is definitely much more work and will to communicate, you know, science and research. Also related to underrepresented groups, minority groups, there's been definitely more work happening there. So what I consider myself as when I was trained to have this support as an ally, I'm not there to, I'm there just to make space and allow those voices to be yeah. amplified. And um, so they can be there and they can say, share their their work, their valuable work, but often depending on where they're coming from or, you know, their group they represent is not considered valuable enough while this work is valuable. So it's really to make room for them to share their work and definitely to say like anyone, I mean, science is for everyone, like either you having a disability, either, you know, depending or you know, your race, where you're coming from, um, your age, uh, anything. Definitely there, there is room for you because we need different perspectives to reach equitable uh, solutions because it's not only one point of view, one way to approach things. Again, it's different perspectives that uh, need to be shared. And also that's why through this podcast is going to be also all disciplines is going to represent definitely all disciplines related to any kind of coastal, estuarine or ocean work. And um, and yeah, and if after people while listening with podcasts have suggestions of good guests, <laughs> you know, uh, feel free to, to contact me, to contact us, um, because right now um, I'm looking for, yeah, guest for sure and you only have 12 pages of uh notes there felicia but i'm sure you know i'm sure it'll it'll come along but i i want to say that there's nothing when it comes to diversity and diverse voices and de-siloing um diverse opinions there's no more coastal idea than that the coast mm. is a blurry zone, ladies and gentlemen. We all know that. And mm -hmm. it's just a real honor to lead into that with all of you. You're all uh, incredibly uh, talented people that bring so much to the network. I want to ask the same question now. I, I, well, I, I, go I, ahead. I, Tyler, before we do, because Heather, think about what the, we, we, we want to hear from you on this question. But I want to amplify something that Felicia has laid out here and the focus of the show that she's put together. Uh, I think it's fair to say that we understand the world around us through our experience and our perspective. This colors our understanding of the world, what we believe to be true. And what I love about the show, what I, what I love about Rising Sea Voices is that those experiences and differences in perspective are the central point of the show. And it, it gives us a chance to understand the world differently and more completely. The other commitment that Felicia has pushed us for, and, and I think I'm very proud to, to sign on to, is 
as the American Shoreline Podcast uh, University Network grows, we want shows hosted by people of different perspectives, racial differences, uh, socioeconomic background differences on the network. And we're in the process of trying to build that network to bring in a broader perspective. Um, and for folks out there, this isn't about just sort of let's get everybody at the table, although that's central. The point is you can't accurately assess and understand the world if you look at it through a narrow lens of experience and perspective. And all of us are limited. And it is through the experience and perspective of others that we enrich our understanding. So, you know, Felicia, I just think what you're doing and where we're headed on this is something that um, we will look back on as a really important pivot point in in what we're doing together. Uh, and, and, you know, just thank you is what I want to say. Um, Heather, we're talking about being optimistic or pessimistic given the challenges ahead. Uh, you're in, you know, you've gone through this experience professionally in, uh, and uh, dealt with this question uh, early in your career. Uh, when you look ahead from where you are now, what do you say? Oh gosh, so I feel like everyone had really great answers and, and it's hard to, to not relate to all of them. Um, uh, I guess I would just say it depends on the day for me. I have good days, I have bad days. Um, I try to remain optimistic uh, most of the, those days. Um, but, you know, ultimately, uh, reality is still reality. Um, you know, we're going to continue to face challenges and pressures, you know, pressures from things like politics, um, the slow progress of change in, you know, governance and policy, um, limitations um, on capacity due to funding constraints or other things. And so, you know, there are all these other pieces to take into consideration. But, you know, I think that uh, everyone's responses here, you know, really hits the nail on the head. I think that it has to be a comprehensive approach. I think that, um, you know, there's no one um, profession that can actually tackle the issues. I think that we all have to come together. I think all the voices have to be heard. Um, and that's really the only way that we're going to uh, be able to really uh, do anything about it. And so, um, you know, that that's really big. That's huge. And, and I guess, you know, on a bad day, it seems really hard and, and maybe impossible. But on the other side of it, optimism kind of seems required so i guess i'd i'd like to just remain optimistic that's extremely well said final words uh, i think we do need to be hopeful uh, despair is not an option and is not helpful uh, and i think in spite of the challenges ahead uh, we've got to do it uh, joyfully and attempt to find our way to a better future and i think we can and uh, these two shows hosted by these four individuals are going to be yeah. wonderful beacons uh, for the coastal community, we hope. Yes. And uh, thank you all for doing it. I think it's going to be, they're both going to be great shows and just really enrich the ASPN um, ecosystem of voices. So uh, I just want to say thank you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is Felicia Almeta Schultz, the new host of the Rising Sea Voices podcast on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Welcome, Felicia, and I'd ask all our listeners to join us, Tyler and I, in welcoming Felicia to the network, and then the Going Coastal podcast, which will be co-hosted uh, by Marissa Torres from the universe uh, from the uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers uh, Erdic Center. John Miller, a research assistant professor from the Stevens Institute of Technology, and Heather Wade, a coastal policy expert and senior planner at the Oregon Coastal Management Program. What a great uh, set of new hosts and new shows on ASPN, and we just can't thank you guys enough for for joining the community and bringing your perspectives and your uh, your truth to our listeners. Thank you all so much for being part of ASPN.